weekly waits Will goes on dates and Hayes is late But we're still mates and as of late We educate and postulate about the gym I lift more than both of you combined Oh yeah, this is Weekly Waits with Alex and Will Welcome to episode 37 of Weekly Waits Will and I just... It, bleh, fuck, I always do that Yeah, we're going to keep it in, in. Yeah, because it's authentic what are we just doing, Alex? So it's just Will and I today, is what I, is what I wanted to say. Yeah. We're going to talk um, very briefly about uh, being a new powerlifter and how to train for your first powerlifting competition and then how to approach your first powerlifting competition. Yeah, and coincidentally, but completely not a coincidence, this one's going to go out just before New Year's Day. It'll go out like the Monday before New Year's Eve because we figure there's probably quite a few people who are New Year's resolutioners and with our reach of up to 150 listens per episode we thought that we could probably get in touch with some of those resolutioners who are researching powerlifting and listening to the most, the most reputable powerlifting podcast in Australia um, weekly ways for some advice so so first thing is if if your new year's resolution was to get into powerlifting and you've been curious and watching it on social media um, you should probably train for powerlifting that would help yep do the lifts do the lifts now, the best possible thing that you can do would be to actually go to a powerlifting club or a club with a recognized powerlifting coach in your area. They shouldn't be enormously hard to find and work with the coach. So if you can do that, that's the best possible thing and a coach can teach you all the rules, can assess your lifting and can help set you up with a meet plan. Mm-hmm. If that's not available to you or you're training at a fitness first or anytime fitness or something like that and you just want to go dip your finger... That's also perfectly fine, and it's actually more than fine to go to a powerlifting comp without having had coaching. Um, but if that is the case, then I'd strongly suggest that you go get a program that is like a proven template program for powerlifting. And presuming that you're listening to this in those shoes, you're probably a relative beginner. So get something quite simple and run it exactly as it's written, right? Because that way there's no ambiguity about the work that you have to do. Just go focus on executing it and just follow it to the T in the lead up to the meet. Alex, what do you think of those two points? Yeah, so the first thing would be to go go to a club. So in order to find a club, um, whatever federation you plan you plan on competing on, there should be an affiliated club list somewhere. Mm. So I guess find one that's the closest to you or closest to your work or whatever the case is and go and check it out. Don't just sign up. Go and Go and meet the coach, see what they're all about maybe meet some of the people at the gym, maybe just do a couple of trial sessions and see how you like it. Um, that'd be a good way to choose a coach. What was the second part, dude? The second part was about running a proven program. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's lots of programs out there on the internet that are good for beginners. Uh, 5-3-1's a good example. Starting strength's a good example. Um, something, something basic and something very low volume and that's not going to sort of be a injury risk, I guess. Yeah, I think if you're beginning powerlifting, having had no competitive experience and still trying to learn technique to the competition rules, which we'll talk about in a moment, if you're trying to do that, then your training program doesn't need to be enormously stressful. It literally just needs to give you an opportunity to practice the lifts to the appropriate standard at a manageable intensity. So any number of programs could work, plenty will fit the bill. And lots of people get much too sort of caught up in um, trying to find the optimal approach for their first competition, when in reality, I really don't think it's going to matter which program you run, particularly if you're only going to do it for six weeks or something into the competition. Just have something that gives you a structure that tells you what to do instead of going in and, yeah, maxing out three times a week until 
until the day. And if you do join a club, the coach should presumably do that programming for you. So yeah. that takes the takes that out of your hands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alex has already given you a few proven programs. There's even a there's a sticky thread on the bodybuilding.com powerlifting forums that has a whole bunch of programs on it for beginners. There's the powerlifting to to win YouTube channel, which has a whole bunch of program reviews and things. But I would honestly pick the one that appeals to you the most rather than the one that you think is most optimal and just run it as is because you could source a good program almost anywhere. Stay tuned for the weekly weights intro six-week powerlifting program. Yeah, just ten ninety nine coming, coming in 2019. Do you reckon when we sell the T-shirts, we can bundle in programs with them for just an additional like five bucks or something? Yeah, of course. I'd probably be out of a business, you know, because I send all my clients the exact same template anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, so the next... The next part of that, um, or part and parcel of that, is learning and practicing the rules of competition. So plenty of people want to get into powerlifting because they like squatting, bench pressing, and deadlifting. It's really important to understand that squatting, bench pressing, and deadlifting in powerlifting competition are only considered valid when they're performed to the rules. Um, Each federation will have very subtle differences in how the lifts have to be executed, but I would check that what you are doing constitutes a legal lift. And in the few weeks when you're leading into the competition, like I was saying with the program, just give yourself lots of chances to actually practice near-perfect replicable form. Yeah, and if you, are, if you aren't someone who trains in a powerlifting club or whatever, try and talk to people who you train with and get them to... Maybe, maybe you might find a powerlifter at your fitness first that you can then train with who can be honest with you about the rules and that kind of thing. Um, because the last thing you want to do is get to a comp and realize you've been squatting three inches high and bomb. Yeah, I mean, I like I was lucky enough training at Fitness First prior to and early in my powerlifting career to know a very large number of people in the gym, and they were always just chit chatting to me about my life. It was more than easy for me to say to them, "Hey, do you mind giving me a handout for my bench press?" And you know, you could add on to that, "Please just say press when you see the bar stationary on my chest." Um, it's you know it's not perfect, but it gives you a chance to actually practice to the rules, and that's really important because it's a very rude shock on meet day to turn up and then try and lift under conditions that you haven't replicated before. Which is again another reason why your training needs to be sufficiently easy. And if you don't have anyone that you can bounce these these ideas off or you, or can get to help you, set up a camera and analyze it yourself. Yeah, and like again, it shouldn't be enormously hard. I say this to my clients all the time who say I couldn't find a way to film myself. It's not enormously hard to get your iPhone and lean it against a water bottle or put it inside a shoe or anything and have it just pointing sideways at you so that you can see, you know, do you squat to depth? Was your bench press sufficiently paused? Did you hit your deadlift? Like very basic things like that, but just check them and practice, yeah, doing everything the same way every single time. Um, Equipment. Yeah, go. So some federations have different rules with regarding to equipment. Um... Make sure that the if you like the idea of squatting in knee wraps, for instance, make sure you pick the federation where you're allowed to squat in knee wraps because if you turn up to the competition and you're only allowed to wear sleeves, you won't be able to wear your wraps. So those little, those little differences between federations can make a huge difference on the day if you're not prepared. Yeah, um, yeah I, I do think that's very important. And sort of on a related front... Some federations, so the IPF would be the most noted noted one, have approved equipment lists. Um, World Powerlifting now have an approved equipment list, but it, all it does is state the specifications yeah, of the equipment that you There's can no use. list, it's just a specification. Yeah, list. 
Sorry, I've it? said that incorrectly. Yeah, so say, you know, knee wraps or knee sleeves can only be a certain thickness. Um, check that the stuff that you like to lift in complies with those rules. And if it doesn't, for most people, I don't really consider it important in your first competition to have in, like supportive lifting equipment to lift with. You can compete beltless, you can compete sleeveless with without wrist wraps. All of that is fine, provided that you have the basic lifting apparel, which for every federation is going to be a lifting singlet, a t-shirt, long socks for deadlifting. Is that and, it? And a pair of shoes, yeah. And a pair of shoes. Shoes, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if you have those things, you actually have enough stuff to lift in. If you like to wear supportive equipment, yeah, check that it's actually allowed in your federation because, again, it kind of sucks if you show up and you can't wear your trusty belt or you're used to wrapping your knees and you're not going to. Um, another note for training in the lead-up to competition. So, um, so we've said that you should probably run a proven program. So if you're going to do 12 weeks of 531 or run the cube method or something, that's a really good idea then lots of people um, in the lead-up to their first competition think that they should do some type of a hard peak or a test or something prior to the competition day to let them know what to lift. I think that's a very bad idea. And for almost everybody who's competing in their first competition, I would do something like squat your opener on the Monday and bench press your opener on the Monday and deadlift something up to you know a second-last warm-up or something on the Monday of the comp, presuming you're competing on a Sunday. And then just have a relatively easy week of training where you go do a few sets of one to three with weights that you could probably do six to ten with on the Wednesday and the Thursday. Then just relax and lift on the day. I don't think it's necessary beyond that to do much peaking at all. Like you could literally just train exactly like you weren't going to compete up until the Saturday or Sunday prior to the comp and then do that and you'd probably turn up ready to lift just fine. What do you think about that, Alex? Yeah, it's your first competition, so it's not about getting the best performance possible it's about sort of learning whether you like the sport learning how competitions run learning the rules all that kind of stuff so if you go in with this idea that it needs to be the best performance ever you're got it's your first comp you're going to make mistakes so it's not going to be your best performance ever Mm. just go in and have a go and just enjoy yourself really yeah so how how then because my next point that i've written down is that you should open super light how would you go about establishing meet targets if you think they're worth having for somebody who's never competed before and hasn't tested their max recently and how would you determine where to open uh it's really hard to determine where the targets would be if they've never really pushed themselves very hard in training like if we're looking at someone who's done maybe 12 weeks of Wendler yeah and that's it you might want to just open with something that you know you're going to cream probably something you could do for three to four reps like comfortably maybe even more and then you take the take the jump and then take the jump yeah and take what's there on the day not what was there in training two weeks out or whatever the case is be smart about your attempts don't be that guy who opens too heavy and misses his opener because mm-hmm. you know we see that pretty often um yeah open with something that yeah maybe like we all said you could do for five yeah i think i would actually look back on your previous week's training performance and pick a session that was relatively heavy that you didn't consider very challenging and open with about that load. So if you were doing Wendler, say, and you had your, like, you know, three... What is it? You you have a week where you go three, three, three three plus plus or something. Yeah, and if on your three plus set you hit five or six or something and they were all pretty good, then I'd probably open it about what that three plus set is and then you could, yeah, take a jump from there. So say that was on your squat 150 kilos. In, if you're doing that, you're actually a pretty decent lifter. You could open at 150 and jump to 165 
And if you did 165 well, you could probably jump to 175, 180. And if you've done that, then chances are that's going to be a big PB for you because if you're only doing your three-plus week, say on Wendler at 150, then you're not squatting more than 165, I think, the following week either. So that, you know, you can do that and still give yourself plenty of room to hit PBs. And if things are rudely difficult on the day, if you did do 160 in it, or 150, sorry, and it was very hard, you can always go to 155 and 160 and you've still locked in a total. But a lot of people will probably go in and say, oh, hey, I did six on my three plus week in Wendler's 531 and my projected maximum is X. So I'm going to line myself up to hit that. I think that would be a very poor idea particularly because if you do that, you'll be inclined to open too heavy, um, as in even relative to that max. So say your projected max off that set was 180. Plenty of first-timers would say, well, I better open it about 170, so I can go 170, 175, 180. And then you're really setting yourself up to bomb because, like I said, you could get to 180 from 150 if you really had to. But if you went you know, 155, say, that's very safe, very easy, gets you on the board, and it gives you room to actually make an appraisal of where you're at. Because if you've never tested before, you really have no idea how you're going to respond to very heavy loads. So conservatism is your best friend. Yeah, a lot of beginners would do that 150 for six set, plug it into an AMRAP calculator, it would say 180, and then they'd say, oh, but I wasn't fresh, so 190. <laughs> yeah, and then they try and set themselves up for 190, and that's just that's just a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, and also if it's your first competition, like Alex said, it doesn't have to be your best. Doesn't have to be your best performance ever. But if you squatted 180 and it was surprisingly easy, I bet you'd feel really good about yourself. If you're listening to this, yeah, bet you'd feel fantastic about yourself. And there's also nothing to stop you the next week trying to squat 190. Because, you know, nobody's got a gun to your head saying you've got to go back to training really sensibly the day after a comp. So you can, you can go try and do that then in the, um, in the gym. But it's very embarrassing and quite annoying if you turn up, um, you know, wanting, like having invested your money and time in starting a new sport and then not even getting a total because you were too ambitious. So do something yeah, very easy and then take jumps based on how it feels with the intention of making your next lift, not on missing gloriously. Because I think if you can make nine for nine lifts in your first competition, that's really great. What do you think? Yeah, if you're like us, you'll never never do nine for nine. Yeah, you'll never do it. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons I wish I'd gone nine for nine in my first comp, just so I could say that I had. I think I might do one next year, like, and just like might take my thirds like ten kilos below. I'd feel like I was. I do. I'd feel like I was betraying myself if I didn't miss a lift. Honestly, now when I I'd, compete, I'd probably miss like a press call or something. Just. The power thing, God's just yeah. I reckon miss the press call on your opener, go up anyway, make your two lifts. So it's not a nine for nine, but it's essentially nine for nine. That's what Tim Mugglestone did when you handled him for me. Do you remember mm-hmm. my client Tim? Shout out Tim, who did I think it was his first competition. It was it was yeah. um, while I was away on placement for university. Alex handled him, and yeah, he missed his bench press opener on a technicality, but went up and creamed everything. My man. Um, So yeah, anyway, to sum up what we've said about training is get a coach. That's the best possible thing you can do. If you can't get a coach, then run a proven program. Don't do a difficult peak. Just take a relatively easy week in the lead up to the competition. Give yourself lots of chances to practice the rules using your training partner, if possible. Otherwise, film yourself and plan to open much lighter than you think you have to and just jump from there. Um, Once you turn up on the day... I had um, oh, more. one more, yeah. 
Um, if you if you're doing your first competition and you've never been to a competition, I would highly highly recommend going to a competition first. Um, go and check out how it runs, like what the platform's going to look like, where you're going to warm up, where you need to be, all that kind of stuff. Um, and email the meet director and ask him the general rundown of the events. Ask when, what group you're going to be in, when you're going to be squatting, how long the break is going to be, when you're going to be bench pressing, that kind of stuff. Give you an idea of time so you can plan your day a little bit better. If you turn up with no idea what's going on, you're going to get flustered, you're going to get lost, and your performance will be worse because you'll be stressed. Yeah, in fact, I've actually had a couple of people email me prior to competitions um, to ask will there be somebody who can help me on the day who are doing their first comp and on a couple of occasions I've helped them and on a couple of occasions other other people have been able to but if you are in this boat where you really know nobody and you're just wanting to get involved then yeah do that email the meet director and say hey I don't have a coach is there somebody I can talk to I've handled people who've done that who've emailed Alex yeah I get calls all the time yeah, you know, I brought a soft suit and lent it to a kid who didn't own one at a competition recently. Um, you know, people will help you if you get in touch, but if you don't take any responsibility for yourself, then that's going to make things much harder. Um, shall we talk, talk about turning up on the day? Actually, let's talk about making weight. That's one thing I didn't even write down. Don't try and make weight. Yeah, that's that section that's done. <laughs> um, if it's your first competition, lots of people will look at the weight classes. In fact, that's actually probably one of the most common questions I get. Jeez, I did this. Uh, but I get this from girls a lot as well, actually, is they go, I want to do a competition. First thing they don't like is wearing the singlet. And then the second thing is they go, I weigh whatever it is. I weigh 55 kilos. What's the nearest weight classes to me? And you say, well, what is it, 52 and 58? 53 and 58. 53 and 58. So I say 53 and 58. And then they go, oh, well, I definitely want to be 53 because I'm not big enough to be a 58. And then they want to go do a cut. Doing a cut is not worth your time if you're not going to be competitive and if you care most about how much you lift. Because most people who are training to just do a comp recreationally want to actually go and sort of seal their PBs under some type of official conditions. And if you do a cut that is hard and it goes wrong, you won't lift as well as you could have. If you miss weight, you'll feel like you've failed in some way that really doesn't matter. And if you come in weighing 55 kilos and lifting the 58s and it's your first comp, chances are, unless you were just going to win on talent alone, you're not going to win anyway. So it really doesn't matter if you're the lightest person in your weight class. And it shouldn't matter if you win anyway. Yeah, because it's your first competition. So I would strongly advise you not to cut weight. It's probably worth knowing what the weight classes are so you can nominate. Um, but yeah, don't cut weight for your first competition. Save it for when it actually matters. Um, just compete weighing roughly what you're going to weigh. Uh, story about my first competition. Oh, is this the one where you were chewing gum and spitting all the way, and Doug was driving you? This the or another one? Yeah, this is that. This is that one. Go on. So I woke up the morning of the comp at seventy four four, and I was like, okay, cool. I think I messaged you actually, and I was what like, what was the weight class? Seventy four. So I needed to be seventy four point oh oh or below. Yeah. Um, I think I messaged you actually, being like, oh, I'm four hundred grams over what should I do? You were like, oh yeah, chew and spit. So I I chewed and spat for probably like 20, 25 minutes. Jumped back on the scale, 74.1. And I was like, sweet, I'll leave it there. I'll sweat the rest out on the way to the comp. Get picked up by my friend, driving to the comp. It's probably a 30 to 40 minute drive out to um, Sydenham. Shout out PTC Sydenham. Shout out Dimmy, actually. I saw Dimmy on the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, shout out Dimmy. At Bungalow. 
Cool. Shout out Dimmy. Wait, at Bungalow 8? Yeah. I was there on Saturday too. Were you? Yeah, briefly. I went before the Christmas party. Anyway, let's let's talk about you lifting. Um, yeah, so I get, to the, I get to the gym. I jump on the official scales in just socks and undies, and I was 74.6. <laughs> so my scales at home were like way off the... A kilo plus. That's terrible. Uh, not a kilo, but like... Well, you were 400 grams over. You I budgeted to lose... 100. A- no, no, I was 100 when I left home. 100 yeah, over. And you were 600 over yeah, when you got back. So that's a 700 turnaround. And you... Oh, yeah, no, yeah sorry, sorry. Correct. Probably like 400 grams difference, right? Yeah, sorry. Got and you. I was like, shit, I've got about 30 minutes to weigh in. So I start chewing, spitting, chewing, spitting, chewing, spitting. Um, I go into the official weigh-in, 74.1 in the nude. I'm like, fuck, all right, I'll... I'll keep spitting, come back again. And then I weighed in, I think, with about 15 minutes left in weigh-in. So, like, 40, 45 minutes before lifting started. Made it 74.00, felt terrible, couldn't really eat, didn't have an appetite. It was bad. And how'd you go in your lifting? Six for nine. Oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. That's not good. Nine for nine is better than six for nine. Yeah, it wasn't good. But I didn't feel good. And it was probably not worth it. No. Um... Yeah, save that. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, save that stuff for when it matters. It's just another variable that's going to throw you off. And yeah, we're like we're really talking to the people right now who are just wanting to dip their feet and have a go. If you're going to do this just as a hobby, then do it just as a hobby. Train, enjoy it, rest for a week, turn up on the day with all your stuff, excited, ready to go, have a good time, and worry about your competitiveness later. But really, just get your foot in the door. That's what I reckon. Mm -hmm. So now you have turned up on the day. Um, it's your first competition. Hopefully you've read the email that your meet director will almost certainly send you telling you what time you got to weigh in and stuff. You should have written a list before you left home of all the things that you wear lifting in each discipline. So say that you squat in a belt and sleeves and certain shoes. You write down belt, sleeve, shoes. You bench in whatever, wrist wraps only, write wrist wraps. Bench, um, you deadlift in certain shoes and long socks and a belt, write that down. You tick those items off when you pack your bag so you haven't forgotten everything or anything. Turn up early, I would suggest. Walk in. If you can introduce yourself to the meet director, that's a fantastic idea. But even if you can't, I would familiarize yourself with the competition equipment if you haven't had the chance to use it before. So do things like check your squat rack height and your bench rack height as early as you can and just have a feel for how it might differ to the equipment that you're used to using at home because, again, it's a bit of a rude shock if you walk onto the platform and things are very different. But yeah, check those things out. Check out what the environment's going to be like. And if you have the chance to introduce yourself to some other competitors or coaches, that's a really fantastic idea as well. Because if you walk up and say, hi, I'm Will. I'm a first-time competitor um, you know, to somebody who looks kind of similar size to you or something, they might say, oh, fantastic, warm up with me. Or at the very least, they'll probably keep an eye out for you and say, hey, you know, Will, you're about to lift when it's time. Because in my experience, most people are very welcoming to first-timers at competitions. Alex, what do you reckon? Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. Um, the other thing would be walk out onto the actual competition platform and have a look into the sea of seats, the all 12 seats in the crowd. Yeah, um, and three of whom are referees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and decide where you're going to look and you know familiarise yourself with that because that is, that is where you're going to be performing a lift, so that is where you're going to need to be comfortable. So get yourself comfortable as early as you can. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, Know where the weigh-in room is, know where the warm-up area is, know the space between the warm-up area and the platform. Find the screens that are going to have the lifting order 
and familiarize yourself with where you're going to be in the lifting order so you can plan your warm-ups and stuff like that. Um, what else? Well, planning warm-ups and things, we'll, we'll get to that because I actually have my own thoughts on that. But yeah, things like the screens. Chances are, if you've never been to a powerlifting comp and you don't have a coach, reading the screen for the lifting order is going to be, at least initially, a little bit confusing for you. So that's another thing where if you can talk to one of the referees or somebody who's running the competition and tell them who you are and that you're not quite sure when you'll be lifting, they'll be able to walk you through on the spot. Because it's not that confusing once you know what's happening. There's like The lifters will cycle through in order. It'll tell you what you're about to lift and stuff. So you can quite quickly figure out how many lifters out you are. And, hmm, and if you've been to a competition prior, you would have seen the big screen from the crowd. Yeah. So you'll kind of be familiar with what it looks like and how the order works. Yeah, um, but yeah, you should like you should have somebody show you that stuff. And if not, then you want to be sort of hanging out a couple of minutes before you think you're due to lift within QE of the platform because normally they'll say, Alex is coming out to squat 200 and Will will be next with 202.5 kilos or something so that you know, okay, I'm next person up. And sometimes they'll say, Alex with 200, Will with 202.5 and... Shero, shout out Shero, who was our last guest. And 380. Yeah, with 380, we'll follow him. And then you know, okay, well, it's Alex, Will, and then I'm Shero, me. You know what I mean? So so put yourself within Kui so you can actually hear that stuff. Get a gauge of the lifters who are going before you, and even better, keep like actually keep an eye on them and introduce yourself so that you know who you're following up. Because there's usually more than one first-timer at the meet as well, so you, you guys can sort of band together and make friends. And generally, you'll be in the same order throughout the rounds. Yeah. So if you kind of know who's before you and know who's after you, you can sort of make sure to move yourself as they move themselves towards the platform. Mm. Um, notes on warming up, because you said planning your warm-ups. So I think prior to having turned up on the meet day, you should have a written plan of what you're going to do to warm up. So, you know, say you're opening your squat at 150 kilos, we'll bring back our, our last imaginary guy. You're opening at 150 kilos on the squat. Um, you know, and say you've decided your last warm-up is going to be 140 kilos, which is probably reasonable. Um, you can work backwards from there and have written down what weights you're going to lift for how many reps. Um, if you don't know how to warm up correctly, that's another kettle of fish, but that's fine. Just, you know, write down what your warm-ups are going to be and then that way, if you do have somebody who wants to take you under their wing, you can give it to them and they can sort of work off that plan. And if not, then you can at least in your head start to gauge it and say, okay, well, I want to do my last warm-up probably, you know, eight minutes before I'm going to get on the platform for the first time. That's what I would do for most people. Maybe a little bit less, maybe a little more. But say you want to do it eight minutes before, you can at least refer back to your plan and know, well, what was I intending to do for my last warm-up? I'll do that. And, you know, likewise for your second last warm-up and things like that. So you can just, you can time yourself and you might get things a little bit imperfect, but at least having it on paper will just take away one more layer of ambiguity. And ha- and try and do your warm-ups the way that you would warm up for that load in training. Yeah. Don't make it too different to what you've done because it will make you feel less less and less comfortable. Yeah, I think so if you, yeah, if you do 60, 80, 100, 120, 130, 140 on the way to 150... Do exactly that. Yeah. If I don't... That's probably too many warm-ups. I was going to say, I don't think that's at all optimal. But if that's what you do, just do that. <laughs> if you don't have a coach, literally just do it how you do it. Get out there, lift. Just take away as many potential sort of sources of ambiguity and error that you can. But a general rule, last warm-up should be about 90 to 92% of your opening attempt. So if your yeah. opener was 150, somewhere between 135 and 140 is, is a good mark. 
Yeah, that was very good quick maths, Alex. Um, have written lots of warm-up plans in my yeah. life. 135 to 138 and a half or something, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. But who's counting? Um, <laughs> I think it's 138. I'm just going to correct myself. Um, another thing... Like 2% of 150 is... Three. Three. Three? Yeah, three. Yeah. Fire out. The boys on weekly weights, you'll you'll learn a bit about lifting, but you'll learn a lot about maths. Um, we're really good at maths. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we do a lot of Excel spreadsheets. Year four arithmetic. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got an abacus on my desk so I can just count things. Um, so so another thing that lots of people fuck up is eating on competition day, um, particularly people who've made weight. Uh, when I started powerlifting, lots of people sort of like fetishize the idea of just smashing food after you weighed in. And I've done it before and like eaten way too much and made myself feel sick. My simplest advice, particularly if you're not making weight, is to eat pretty much what you would eat before a training session at pretty much the same timing. And then through the day, just sip on some water or a Powerade and bring yourself a couple of very light carby snacks and just have them. But don't plan to eat too much. If you are choosing to make weight for your first competition, you're an idiot because we've already said you shouldn't. <laughs> um, but if you're choosing to do that, <laughs> then you actually you actually do need to worry a little bit more about what you eat and you want to have some more salty stuff with some carbohydrates and the appropriate amount of fluids and things. But again, that's beyond the scope of what we're trying to tell you here. So bring your normal pre-workout meal, weigh in and eat it straight away or eat it before you weigh in because it really doesn't matter if you're not making weight. But just eat like you would normally eat. Give yourself some snacks. Have plenty of water. Don't stuff food down your gob and don't eat something that you're not really sure of how it will sit in you. What do you think about that? Yeah, I remember my second competition. I had made weight and I went into the crowd. Do you remember Trent Yee? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Trent was in the crowd to watch and um, Doug and I were just sitting in there eating some pasta. And like, I don't have a big appetite on comp day because I get quite nervous and I can only really just like nibble on stuff. And he was like man, shouldn't you be eating, like, Macca's fries and, like, shouldn't you be stuffing your face with cheeseburgers and stuff? And I was, like, in my head, I was, like, oh, I have no idea whether that's a thing or not. Yeah. So did you do it? No, I didn't. Oh. Well, more's the <laughs> I went eight for nine that day, actually. Yeah. Good day. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have done it, but it would have been good. So I, like, I used to, because I, I used to bring extra takeaway. So we would often have, like, takeaway at my house on a Friday night or something or a Saturday night, and I would order, like, an extra pad thai and eat that and that was okay and then eventually I started just honestly making myself some oats Alex hates oats I love oats I would make myself some oats and just put a little bit of peanut butter and protein in them and eat that but when I did my first international competition which was like an unmitigated disaster because I didn't have coaching and I did so many of the things we're telling you now wrong um, I did a really I did a really stupid cut um, that I didn't need to do weighed in way too light um, having like not drunk water for like four hours before weigh-in. Like so many dumb things when I was already underweight. And then after I weighed in, I'd bought myself a bag of like a packet of bagels. There was like four bagels and spreads. Yeah, that was so good. And so I was smashing bagels and chocolate. And then this other bloke who was competing for Australia, and I've never seen him since. What was his name? I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. I've never seen him since. He was bad at squat and deadlift and really good at bench so he and i balanced each other out um and by really good i mean he benched like 155 as a junior 83 so he's like yeah, reasonable. pretty good um he came out and he had salvation extend the bcaa's oh, yeah. and he was like you want some of these and i was like 
and in my head, like at that time, I already knew BCAAs didn't do anything. I'm like, they weren't going to be beneficial. But I was so panicked. I was just like, yeah, why not? Like more can't hurt. So I smashed like a triple serving of Extend and like four bagels. And I remember warming up and honestly feeling like I was either going to vomit or shit just from the amount of stuff in my tummy and just having like gastric upset the whole time I was competing from having done a stupid cut that I didn't have to do, having way too much fluid and way too many things that sat really unfamiliarly with me and having a really terrible lifting performance. I squatted really badly. I deadlifted badly and farted really loudly during my last deadlift. I actually benched almost okay that meet. But um, but yeah, it was a big fuck up. And really, if I just stuck with my standard, like have some oats and peanut butter, I'd have probably done much better. Yeah, you want to feel you want to feel on the platform the way that you feel in training, and part of that is like how your belt fits and that kind of stuff. And if you yeah. can breathe into your belt, I remember um, the first comp I cut weight. Um, I had only had like one liter of water the day before, and like very few, very few carbs, and I was just I just felt real small. And when I went to put my belt on for the first time, I had like have a le- had a leather belt. And um, I flicked it on and there was like this massive gap between my stomach and my belt. And I actually had to tighten my belt because I lost so much weight to make weight. So those are the kind of things like you want to be lifting the same way that you were training. So, you know, if you're going to stuff yourself full of food and you're going to have to adjust your belt size because someone told you that it's a good idea to eat a lot of food before you compete, it's probably not the best idea. Yeah. Um, Another thing that just occurred to me, um, we're having to backtrack a little is that sorry my dog has just brought what used to be a ball in and he looks like he's eating foam so Alex is going to rescue him um yeah another thing is just like lifters will lift in a in a sort of relatively predictable order um and just like I said there are likely to be a few people who are first timers at your first competition too when you are warming up what you want to do is find yourself a rack because there's normally more than one rack to warm up on Find yourself a rack with people who are of a similar strength to you or at least the least different in strength from you of the competitors who are there. Um, Introduce yourself to them and ask to warm up with them. And if you can share their equipment, um, then likely you can also jump in roughly on their warm-up timing. So if you've got another guy who says, I'm going to open with 155 and my last warm-up's 145, then you can go, great, well, I'll do 140 just before you do 145. And then suddenly you found yourself almost a warm-up partner. You have a second gauge to sort of figure out what your timing should be like and also a gauge for if your warm-up attempts are, or your warm-up order is really dumb. But it also means you're not dicking around asking somebody who's about to open with 250 kilos to strip the bar back to 90 or something um, yeah. when they've just done 210. Yeah, so kind of survey the people that are in your group and you'll be able to do this by looking at the list. So if you see that you're four lifters down, you might want to find those first three lifters and warm up with those three people. Don't go to the last guy and don't do that. Don't warm up with Shero opening at 380. Yeah. Shout out Shero again. <laughs> what did he, he missed he, for? He missed for 55,000 pounds. Oh, I mean, that's a good miss. I'd also miss 455, I think, that's if like I tried. That's my first total. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more than my first total. I totaled something shit. I can't remember. Not that less than that is shit if you're worried about being good enough to compete. Don't be so elitist, Will. Yeah, sorry. We're talking, to the, we're talking to the beginners here. Yeah, it's true. It's been Just so your long. First comp. If you total 200, it doesn't matter. It's been do so 250 long. next time. It's been so long since I was any type of a beginner. 
and anything less than super elite that I just find it hard to relate sometimes. What do you think, Alex? You're the most mediocre intermediate lifter that I've ever met. Yeah, I've You're honestly... stuck in intermediate intermediatism forever. Um, yeah, I mean, no gains, purgatory. <laughs> I get fatter and slightly relatively worse. I get leaner and slightly relatively better, but I'm never better than a 6.5 out of 10. Um, Looks-wise, either. So, <laughs> so, so I reckon... I don't have a huge lot more to say. I reckon if we just do the bullet point summary, then folks are ready. All right, so point one, hire a coach. Point two, if, if you point can't, one does yeah, If apply. you can't hire a coach, find a proven program and train on that program. Um, point point two, three, learn the rules and perform your list to the rules. I reckon it was one and one B, so that was point two. Two okay. A was learn okay. the rules two and two A. B is practice them. Two A, learn the rules. Two B... Well, learn the rules specific to your federation. Point B, perform B. those rules. Sorry, point two B, perform those rules to the rules of the federation. Or not to be, wing it. To be or not to be. What do you think of that? Shut up. Alex hates... Was that Hamlet? Yes. I, I believe so. Um, yeah, so to B was practice the rules. Uh, 2C is check that your equipment complies with the rules if you choose to wear it. Um, what else have we got? Oh, yeah. And rule three or point three would be to have, don't really do a peaking plan, just have an easy-ish week in the lead up to the meet. Then on competition day, open really light. Be there early. I said that out of order. Be there early. Say hi to lots of people. Plan your warm-ups. Plan your warm-ups. Bring your normal food. Make sure you have all your equipment with you. Make sure you have all your equipment. That's the list. Set your rack heights. Set your rack heights. Open super light. Check out the platform and make sure you feel comfortable there. Find the screen. Yeah. And once you've done all of these things... Make lifts. Yeah, have fun. And yeah. Yeah, that's it. So go back to point one and hire us. And then we'll do all this for you. Alex, I'm an elitist. I don't work with chumps. What do you reckon, Alex? That's just really rude, man. No, it just actually, goes against everything that we stand for. To be honest, I make champs chumps. Power That's things, how pro-chump I am. What do power you things for everyone. It is for everyone. So everyone out there, follow, right. the, follow those steps. Do a comp. <laughs> follow those steps and do a comp. Yeah, all right. Um, top lifter, March 17 at lift. When does that open? Don't know. I've had like seven people message me in the last day. I don't know. People ask me. I don't... They I don't think set, that you're saying that you won't tell them, and then they message me and go, "Oi, Burke wins." I don't top know. I don't set the date, so I don't know. Who does? Greta. Greta. We'll talk to her. All right. So people, stop messaging me, thinking I'm going to rat on Alex and tell him when Top Lifter's opening. Message Greta and ask her when's Top Lifter opening. He's messaging her right now. <laughs> Alex isn't messaging Greta. All right. Um, that's weekly weights. That was weekly weights. The vignette for this week. This is one of our shorter episodes. Um, yeah, that's it. Do you want to do like five minutes of stand up real quick? Oh no, my stand up is very physical. Um, I'm very funny, but my stand up is it's more about sort of my stage presence than anything. I sort of get up, man, like wander aimlessly and then speak a little aimlessly as well. But I take the crowd on a journey through my thoughts, and they're so absurd and disjointed that people just can't help but laugh. I figure your stand-up would be like Dimitri Martin. It's just a one-liner, and then you just stand there awkwardly while everyone laughs. Is Dimitri Martin that guy who actually puts on the like the facade that he's kind of not all there mentally? No, that's um, that's uh, fuck, what's that guy's name? He died actually. That guy. Oh really? The guy, the guy who wears the glasses, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg. Okay, favorite stand-up comedian actually just. Um, 
before all the weird allegations, Louis C.K. All right, now. Um, Jim Jeffries or Chris Rock, probably. You like him rude. I like. I actually. I think Jim Jeffries yeah, like is rash. Like. Jim Jeffries is very funny when he's funny. When he's not funny, he's, he's really not funny. He's a good storyteller. Yeah, his stories are good. I really like Arsh Barker, man. He's funny. Like, Arsh is good, but it's not of deep. His, all of his stuff's the same. Yeah, but I've seen him a few times. Never disappointed. Bill Bailey, he was fantastic. Actually, no, favorite is Bill Burr. Thanks for the Bill Burr. Bill shout out. Bill Burr, he's okay. my favorite. Um, you know who else I saw that I um, that I oh wow I can't even remember his name. It's gonna make it even harder. Um. He's some British dude. His name's... Oh, Russell Howard. Oh, yeah, he's so, good. Yeah, so I'd never heard of him. I got given tickets to watch him. And I ended up seeing him on the last night of a global tour, right? And so at the end, he did this show. It was really funny. I thought he was great. And then he just said, oh, guys, it's the last night of my tour, so I'm just going to keep talking. If nobody minds, we're at the Opera House. And this guy literally just riffed for like 90 minutes trying new material he hadn't done before. And maybe like 30% of it was trash and he'd never do it again. But 70% of it was just gold. Like, unpolished, gold. Yeah. So it was really good. That was like when I saw um, Bill Burr at the Opera House in 2016. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of, like, ran out of stuff to say because he was in the in the midst of, like, designing his next hour special. Yeah. So his first 40 minutes were, like, really polished. And then he just came out with just, like, nonsense. And it was, like, yeah, like, three quarters of it was okay. Oh. But um, Chrissy and I are going to see Seinfeld. Seinfeld will be in, good. At the Beacon Theatre, which will be sick. Actually, another comedian, Bo Burnham. I, I told you to watch him. Really, it's very meta. you got to watch Bo Burnham. I think it's called What or something. It's not his most recent Netflix special. That one's okay. It's so weird. It's hard to explain. The whole, like, the whole show is a joke. And it's all, it's choreographed literally to the second. It's phenomenally funny. And it just has you questioning at all times, where's the joke? What's going to happen? Oh, that's good. It's, it's really confusing. It's fantastic. The, the guy I first said, Dimitri Martin, he's the one who has like the, um, the visual prompts like next to him. Nah, I'm, I'm like, going to have to look him up. He'll have like a drawing and then the joke will be like related to the drawing oh I'd probably like that yeah no he's really funny Um, Um, yeah cool anyway so that's Weekly Wet so yeah guys check out all of those stand up comedians because this is a short episode so you should have Joe Rogan's good too is he? is his stand up good? he's got two specials on Netflix which are good really? Mm. yeah okay cool I I honestly just think of him as a dude that like smokes doobies and just says dumb shit when he has good guests that's like that's all I think of with Joe Rogan we should when are we gonna get on Joe Rogan? yeah hey Joe um, in spite of that you can actually teach me how to smoke a doobie because I don't know. Did I tell you about that, Alex? No. So it was in another country so I can confess to a crime and it's fine, I think. <laughs> Kelvin Kenny, write to me if I'm incorrect. <laughs> so, Kelvin definitely listen to Yeah, Kelvin. Kelvin. We- weekly weight shirts are coming. He's, he's messaged me a couple of times asking for weekly weight shirts. Yeah. And the last time I saw him, he's like, thanks for reading my review. <laughs> That's so funny. So Kelvin, <laughs> Kelvin is my ex-client um, and Alex's. Did he train with you or... Uh, Alex handled him at a competition for me once. Um, my ex-client, good friend, and he previously worked for the AFP, I think. Mm. Yeah, so we always joke about him when we're talking about shady stuff. No, so when I was in Nicaragua... So, yeah, but now he handles all the um, drug policy stuff for PA. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's why none of your lifters ever get tested. <laughs> um, none of my lifters are any good. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's just a snippet of my stand-up. Um, 
so no, so I'm in Nicaragua and I was hanging out with um I was with like so many Canadians. There's so many Canadians in Central America. I swear it's there's more Canadians than Latino people around there. So um so I'm with like four Canadians or something and we're sitting in in sort of like the rooftop hangout area of this hostel. And um and two of them were girls who were both really beautiful and two were these dudes who were like standard Canadians, like really polite vegetarian stoners, basically. And um, and because they were Canadian, uh, they wanted to smoke pot. And I've literally never smoked pot in my life. Um, How old were you at this point? This is literally like at the end of last year. I'm talking shortly after New Year's this year. I'd n- like never smoked pot, right? And I'm with these people, and one of them pulls out this fat doobie and says, <laughs> says, oh, let's smoke pot. In Nicaragua, it's really not on. They don't like drugs. But I was like, YOLO, like, I'm here, you know, and we're all here now, like, might as well. So they hand this thing around, and I didn't, like, literally didn't know, despite the Arnie meme, that you had to inhale. So everybody else takes a fat puff of this thing, and they all got baked as hell. And I literally just mouth-breathed it in and out, and I was sitting there like, this is the most underwhelming experience of my life, being like, should I be high now? And then scar. one of the girls rolls over and she's like, oh, man, like, did you even inhale? And I was like, oh, shit, no, I didn't, just like Arnie. And I just burst out laughing. I was like, man, this sucks. And then did you inhale afterwards? No, I didn't. Yeah, smoking weed sucks. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, wouldn't do it. You've never done it, so how would you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's weekly weights for the week. We'll be back next week with another Weekly Wades vignette. See ya. Peace. Bye.